welcome to another episode of Lex Education, the comedy science podcast where comedian me, Laura Lex, tries to learn science from her, you know, just a guy. Don't make a big deal out of it, Brother Ron. Hello, <laughs> Brother Ron. Ron. Hello. How are you doing? Ron, I'm sick. The brain you is... You are sick as hell. <laughs> what a rad woman you are. I'm sick and you're fly. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> busting ollies all over the place. <laughs> I'm not sick in a rad young way. I'm sick in an old lady feeble way. <laughs> in an old lame way. Yeah, I am. I text Megan on Sunday, uh, medium sister, and um, <laughs> I, I can't remember what had annoyed me. No, I'm going to cut this anecdote. Shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, texted our sister. Crazy house. I made her play quacks with me because I was so old and lame and sick. Yeah, that wasn't worth telling. <laughs> well, that's why we cut it. Um, Anywho. How are you, Ron? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, not. Um, i kind of got life under control at the moment, which is nice. Uh, how do you do that, asking for a friend? Um... Just wasn't filling, not filling every hour of my day with things. Oh. I'll tell you what's really fucking me up at the moment, though. Um, Crypto? I've, I've bit the corner of my tongue. Oh, your tongue has corners? Yeah, like the back left bit. Oh, all right, yeah. What were you eating at the time, hurriedly? Um, <laughs> like a little I rat don't boy. know. But now I just keep biting it, just little nips. you just got a little inflated tongue. Yeah, and now my whole tongue is swollen, and I have a little bit of a lisp. Oh, well, that's all right, because my nose is so bunged up that I've got a... Um, my speech is bad, too. Um, oh, and I am... My processing power is down. Like, we... I, we've told you this before. We record the intros and outros, and then we record a quiz, and then we record a new episode... And I can't remember what number episode we're recording today, but it is going to be bad. Um, So, hello to you all this week. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Do you want me to do this? Yeah. Hi, hi everyone. So, on the socials, we had Christian message into Instagram. Um, He's been playing catch-up. you know, listening to all the old eps and stuff because he was late to the party. Um, hello, hope your commutes have been okay. Um, <laughs> shut up, Laura. You try and do my job. No, 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 I'm enjoying it. You sound, you sound so natural. Uh, he's got a question about electricity. He wants to know um, whether we have 230 volts because we have kettles. Or the other way around. Yeah. Well, he was saying, does our love of tea make it... Mackie, get out of the dishwasher. Does our love of tea make it that that's why we have... um, Do do we have good electricity because we love tea so much that we needed kettles? Or do we have kettles because we already had good electricity and then that's turned into a kettle love, which is a tea love, you know? Maybe our love of tea was the cause that made the electricity good. So I looked this up yeah. when it came you? in. Um, you actually yeah. did some research. I do the research every week. Yeah, I know, but you you always do the syllabus research, but you hate yeah, to... Yeah, I read the PDF. You, you hate to do the extra research. <laughs> oh, my tongue hurts so much. <laughs> um, Welcome you know when to you're the really... youth radio. With the whippersnappers. You know when you're just really aware of a body part that usually just gets on and does its job? Yeah. Um, Stop pissing while we're recording. No, I've got no glass so that it's oh, not noisy well, when yeah, I get well, a that drink. Has stopped derailing the podcast altogether, hasn't it? So the answer was no, we don't have 230 volts because of our love for tea. And actually 230 volts is across a lot of Europe. It actually came from um, energy prices at the time. Um, Meant that that was the best way to go versus a different voltage. Look who it is, Ron. 
Hello, Mackie Dog. She's, she can't hear me. You've away. got headphones in. She's been away. Now she's home and we love each other again. Andrew says that his eye twitches whenever you say students should be able to. And I know how you feel, Andrew. No, these are my notes from my voice. Yeah, but you didn't want to do it, I so I'm doing I didn't it. want to do it. You volunteered to do it. Yeah, and I'm doing it. Yeah, but change it to be your voice, Ron. Talk to the listeners in a natural no, way. When you're interpreting art that someone else has made, I think you should go for the original purpose. I don't think this is art. I think it's just notes. No, you're a noisy drinker however you do it. <laughs> your mouth is sloppy. I've got two biscuits on the desk next to me and it's taking well, everything to not eat Listen, them. we'll finish up this intro and then you can eat them while the episode's on. Um, so thank you very much, everyone, for being in touch. We've been noting down your ideas for extracurricular activities as well. So um, look out for those in the new year. The episode today, oh, it's a classic. There's some rows. We are both quite tetchy in this episode, Ron. Mm. What are you doing to your moustache? Just playing with it. It's long, isn't it? I really need to shave. Yeah. That might be why you chewed up your tongue is because your moustache is throwing everything off balance. Could be. Anyway, enjoy the episode. We'll see you afterwards. Hello. Welcome to Lex Education, the podcast where me, a man, teaches you comedian. Why are you doing an intro? We do the intro at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let's let's start again and let's be a bit more cash. And why are you calling yourself a man? What was that? I am a man. Well, me, a man. You're not a man. You're a scientific boy. What is it, scientific child? <laughs> it's cruel. <laughs> you just you just say hello to me at this point. Okay. Do you not listen to our podcast. You never seem to have any idea where things go when we record. You're always just chucking catchphrases in left, right and centre. Um, and hi, Laura. Hi, Ron. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? You're very mean today. <laughs> you're, you're weird. You're such an awkward little... How, like We've been discussing maybe doing a live version of this at some point early in the new year. And um, now I'm starting to think you'll just melt into an absolute puddle of awkwardness. Oh, it's going to be weird. I think people are going to be so surprised by what a little squirm you are. My plan is to just be absolutely jacked by that point. <laughs> <laughs> just be like a hulking strong man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. I'd like to see that. That'd be fun. It's chemistry. Chemistry today. Um, so last week I put in little to no effort. Um, yeah, it showed and I worked really hard. Yeah, but I was upfront about it and I wasn't dishonest, so it's fine. Um, but today I've put in lots of effort to, to make up for it. Oh, fuck. Okay. So today we're going to be looking at the study of quantitative chemistry. Quantitative? That means amounts. Yeah. Do you know the difference between quantitative and qualitative data? Um, my guess would be that quantitative is just numbers and numerical results and qualitative is more not anecdotal but descriptions or something yeah exactly so like um it would be if you did a survey where you asked people um how far they traveled that day or something that would be a quantitative study because it's a you know it's a number it's factual um, it, it's about the amount that they've travelled. If you went out and you did a study and asked them and asked people to sort of rate their journey, how well it went, how smooth it was, that would be a qualitative study. Yeah, that makes sense. Quantity, not quality. Yeah. Why uh, do you? Can you think why looking at chemistry through a quantitative lens would be very useful? Nope. Want to try? 
No, because you say don't just say stuff. So I'm experimenting with a version of the podcast where I don't just say stuff. What do you think? I'm on board with it. Um, Well, basically, as you've said a hundred times, all of this stuff that we talk about is... Is pointless. Too small to matter, pun intended. Yeah. And that is somewhat true. However... Um, which um, which we discussed when you said that we should put an atom in space. Atoms are always never alone. Atoms are always never alone. Because there are loads of them. Dozens and dozens and dozens. Yeah. Hey, buddies. I'm touching a thousand of them right now. Yeah. Billions, probably. Yeah, that's more than a thousand. Yeah. Um, so... We need to look at it through a quantitative lens because whenever we measure anything to do with atoms, we are measuring the effect of billions and trillions and trillions of atoms. Also, very hard to stop an atom and ask them how their day's been. So how the hell do you get qualitative data about an atom? So two common examples of how this can be used in uh, how this can be used is measuring the purity of something or measuring the yield of a chemical process. Virginity tests and punching. Do you think? How do you think we can use quantitative chemistry to work these things out? What? How do you think we can use quantitative chemistry? <laughs> Don't just repeat the. What do you mean? Work what out? The, uh, the purity of something or the yield from a chemical process. I don't know what that means, Ron. Which bit of it? Which bit? <laughs> purity of what? What are you talking about? Of a about chemical. Purity? What do you mean? Well, how how can a chemical be pure? Okay, so like you know, you, you've got your table salt or something. There's gonna be. Yeah. God, you fucking love table salt, don't you? Yeah. So do you. I'm trying to relate to you. I'm using things that you're interested in. I'm talking about your hobbies. <laughs> salt. <laughs> so you've got your table salt. You've got five different kinds, famously. Those will have different. Well, no, I have one type of ta- two types of table salt and then some cooking salts. Yeah, exactly. So like five different types. So, um each of those will have different purity levels. There will be different stuff in it. I think Himalayan rock salt often has iron in it. That's why it goes pink. Right. So they will have different purity. Completely pure table salt would be all just NaCl. Yeah. But it's never like that. There will be other stuff in it. It will have a purity. Okay. What's the question? (laughs) How do you think we could use quantitative chemistry to work out the purity of something? And what's quantitative (laughs) chemistry? Is that just weighing everything? What is it? Yeah, it's it's it's. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ron. I don't really understand how we've got here. <laughs> Ask people. What do you? I feel like I've missed a step somewhere. <laughs> I don't understand what. What is quantitative to do, to a salt <laughs> to ask it what are we ask what are we doing to it to get quantitative so quantitative chemistry is looking at chemistry through the lens oh no from, from like from a distance through the lens of the fact that there's billions of atoms and stuff there right let's move on <laughs> no because i don't know what it is and then next week you'll ask me a question and i'll say what are you talking about? And you're like, we covered this in great detail. So, for example, let's say we're making some salt. Um, yes, if we yes. knew how much sodium we had and how much chlorine we had, and then yeah. we reacted those together, um, and then it came out weighing a little bit more than we'd expect based off the amount that we put in, we'd know that it was a little bit impure because clearly something else has gotten into our salt. Okay. And that's quantitative yeah. chemistry. Just weighing. We're weighing it, yeah, because we could work out exactly how many sodium atoms we had by weighing it because we know the weight of sodium. Average weight of sodium. Exactly, yeah. Do you remember that you... S- you might just have loads of big sodiums. Unlikely. Possible, though. Potentially possible, but statistically impossible. 
Nothing's impossible statistically. Uh, effectively impossible. Why are you picking this fight? <laughs> For example, uh, and then the other way, if we knew how much sodium we had and how much chlorine we had, and then we came up with less than we thought, then we've clearly lost some in the process and the yield is lower than we were expecting. Yeah. So what was the question? It's just thinking about quantitative chemistry and working those things out. It was kind of like a... just. I just wanted you to think about it. So, we're going to talk... Um, we're going to move on to chemical equations now. This is still part of quantitative chemistry. We're not moving on. Okay. Which we've covered previously, and I've listened back to that episode. I didn't explain it very well. In fact, I don't think I explained it at all, and I expected you to get it, and I'm sorry for that. Okay. Um, and so... Do you remember when we were talking about, you know, like, um, chemical equations, this plus this equals this? No. Have you seen those memes about, like, the staff at TK Maxx um, <laughs> designing, like, what they're going to put out next year? No. Uh, you're just acting like that. What are you doing? I can hear you clicking away. I'm stretching the clean feed recording thing. Why? Oh, because I don't really know what you're talking about, and I I don't know how to get back on the understanding bus. Well, this is one of those ones that's too abstract for my type of brain focus thought. Focus up. So, um, so, yeah, we're going to do some chemical equations, okay? Okay. So, the first thing that you need to know about a chemical equation is that there is total conservation of mass. <laughs> what? Yeah. Nothing. So mass cannot be lost in the equation, okay? No, it's very important. Otherwise, God starts to get mad. God is not a part of this. He has no place in chemistry. You're disturbing the mass. Who made you the Pope? So... That's a quote from While You Were Sleeping. Brilliant. So when we're considering chemical reactions, we have to factor that in. So in a chemical sense, what this means is that no atoms can be lost during the course of the reaction. You can't lose an atom. Famously, they're always buddied up. Someone would always be there to raise the alarm. So let's go back to old friend salt. Salt. Sodium and chlorine react to make salt, yeah? N-A-C-L-3. No. Um, <laughs> N-A-3-C-L. No. N-A-2-C-L. No. <laughs> N-A-C-L. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I thought there was a number in there somewhere. In a bracket, and then it's three. Yeah, so that's, yeah. So the chemical form, what's the chemical formula for chlorine? Oh, I fucking don't know, do I? You know yes, it. you do. Focus up. <laughs> Bring it back in. Hey! Hey! Tighten it. Hey! Get it together. You know this. <laughs> yeah, but when I was trying just then, you were just giving me the big sigh roll and saying... Jesus Christ! Well, just let's work it out together, okay? Let me lead you on the journey. Well, then don't shout at me! Focus up. What is the chemical formula for chlorine? CL. For chlorine gas. CL gas. CL... Three? Is that why I'm thinking of a three? Have we ever spoken about anything getting into threesies? <laughs> ever. I thought we had. CL2 then? Yeah, remember? Because you literally just said things were always buddied up. Yeah. Yeah, so it's CL2. One chlorine atom, molecularly bonded, covalently molecularly bonded, to another chlorine molecularly. atom. That reminds me of that song that Will Duggan sings me that I like. I used to play my yellow low band, yellow low. But now my He does it better. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so CL2, can you write this down? I have actually. Yeah, so CL and then a little 2. Oh, don't draw out CL2 in the air just in case I don't know how to write CL down. 
was just trying to illustrate that there's a little two at the bottom. You drew a little two at the bottom, like a subscript. I already have! Okay, yeah, but... It's gonna be okay, you're on. A small number after the element means there are two of them in that compound. Who put them in a compound? A big number before it means that there are that many of the compound or of the molecule, okay? Yes, Ron. So if we had two Cl2, how... If we had two Cl2, how many chlorine atoms would there be? Four. Yeah, because there's two chlorine molecules of two atoms. Yeah, I know how to do basic maths. So when sodium reacts with chlorine, we want to write a balanced equation. We need two sodium atoms to react with the, the chlorine atoms because the reaction has to be lossless. Um, we can't lose an atom, so we need to account for both of them. So it's 2Na plus Cl2 equals 2NaCl. You will see that the equation is balanced because there's two of each type of atom on either side of the equals sign. Let's have you work one out. Let's think about burning some hydrogen. <laughs> You're being a little jerk. Do you know how hydrogen exists as a gas? Oven. Sorry, are you expecting me to engage with this? You were being quite rude. So are you! <laughs> I'm trying so hard. Oh, this week? Brilliant. I try hard every week. No, that's, that's <laughs> not true, and you know it. <laughs> I don't... I, I'm trying, Ron. All right. Do I'm you sorry. know how hydrogen exists as... Do you get what I was just going through there? Some of it, but then no. Okay, where did you drop off? Uh, so, yeah, Clubby is in a two, a little two on the line. And then, uh, sodium, you need two sodiums to be friends with chlorine, who's already in a two. For some reason, you don't put the two for the Na on the line. You put it in front of them, even though it's also two. Well, I did explain that. (sighs) You say two Na plus Cl2 equals what? Two NaCl. And no brackets. And you just take the two off the bottom. So like I said, a small number after the element means that there are two in that molecule or two in that compound. A big number before means there are that many of the molecule or compound or atom, okay? But then I still don't understand because I thought you had two chlorines buddied up, bonded. Yes, so a small number after the element means there's that many of them in the molecule. But then we've taken that out when we put the big two at the front, so now it just looks like it's two NAs... Yes. Yeah, because now we have two NaCLs because we've broken that molecule. So it's not Cl2 anymore? No, it's reacted. Well, you didn't say that. Well, I thought we knew that. So it's it... still one Na to Actually, one Actually, we Cl. have said that before because we've talked about this so many times about how the. Well, why so... are you bringing it up again then? Because you still don't get it. <laughs> This is a really upsetting episode. I was so looking forward to this. I did so much. Oh! And I'm trying to learn it, but you're mad at me when I'm trying to learn it. You're mad at me when you're just telling me about it and I'm not joining in. I don't know how to learn it. Well, let's keep going. So, So, wait, CO2. So why did we ever care that it was Cl2? Because Cl2 is how chlorine exists on its own as an element, right? Yeah. So Cl, uh, so chlorine gas is little Cl2 molecules flying around. Yep. So that is the form that it would be in when it reacts with sodium. Okay. 
What happens if you've only got one sodium? Um, wouldn't happen. Atoms are always never alone. You don't have to worry about it. Okay, that. what if you've got three? Wouldn't happen. You don't have to worry about it. What if that. you've got an odd number? Not all of it will react. Okay. But they will prefer each other. And then you end up with one sodium, one chlorine, but they're now double dating. Yes. Remember, because they were ions that are attracted to each other, ionic bonds? No, that's a different subject. Let's not go back there. Well, the sodium loses an electron, gives it to the chlorine, breaks the bond between them, and then they both become opposingly charged ions. They get bonded together. Sodium chloride. So the sodiums come in and split up the happy couple, but then makes them stay around each other. If they were to form a solid, yeah. That's fucked up, isn't it? No, it's just reorganised. But can you see how that um, equation is balanced? There are two sodiums on each side and two chlorines on each side. Each side of what? The equation. What equation? The chemical equation that we're doing. Are we doing an equation? What's an equation? <laughs> Which bit's the equation? <laughs> when have we done an equation? 2Na. 2Na. Plus Cl2. Oh, right, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's an equation. That's a chemical equation. You see how it's balanced? It's yes, got an I equal see sign. how it's balanced. It's got an equal sign, which Only means that it's an, an equation. Sign. Equation equals... Right, you're going to work one out now, okay? Maybe. We're going to think about burning some hydrogen. How is hydrogen existing on its own as a gas? H. No. Oh, I don't know then. We've covered this before. Well, I've forgotten it. How many electrons does hydrogen have? I don't know. Um, one. Yeah. So what do you think it's going to do when it meets another hydrogen atom? Bond up. Yeah. And then what would that make? It depends how many of them turn up. Would it? I don't know. What? <laughs> Just... Yeah. Work it I, out. Like, think about it. <laughs> Don't, because it, you know this. We've gone through this. You get it. You're smart. You understand. You're just not doing it. <laughs> because the hydrogen, you know that they want to buddy up. Yeah. But the hydrogen's only got one electron to buddy up with someone else. So twos. Yeah, two, so H2. H2. Yeah. Okay. Because it can't do that again because it doesn't have another electron to share. So it has to form a little doublet. Okay? Okay. So hydrogen exists as a gas as H2. What happens when something burns? What does it react with? Oxygen. Yes, exactly. How does oxygen exist as a gas? O2. Exactly. Right. Do you know what it makes when hydrogen burns? Fire. Nope, the end product. No. It makes water. What? Do you, you know burn chemi- something into water? Yeah, do you know the chemical equation for water? H2O, thank you, the water boy. Yeah, so when you burn hydrogen, you make H2O because it reacts with the oxygen. That's why hydrogen is like a clean thing to burn because it just makes water. Huh. So, with that in mind, can you work out the balanced equation? Ugh. Um. So, we're ending up with H2O equals H2O. And it's going to be H2 plus O2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's going to be... <laughs> I'm 
so bad at this sort of stuff. It just makes me really angry. What? So I'm you... thinking! I'm trying to help. I'm, I'm trying to think! Let me help. So at the moment, <sighs> you've got H2 plus O2 equals H2O, right? Yeah. That's what you've got down at the moment. What currently is unbalanced? I know what's unbalanced. Yeah, what? Me. <laughs> I know what. I know. I'm just trying to work it out. Yeah, I'm just trying to help. Because <sighs> at the moment, I've got... So I need... I don't know how to say this out loud. I'll put some music in. How many oxygens do you have on either side? Oh, Laura, can you just Laura, let me think? Laura, Laura, it's a fucking audio format. I just so. said I would put some music in to cover my thinking time. Oh, cool. Yeah, let's just play Mr. Brightside until you can <laughs> fucking work this out. No, it's an audio format. We have to talk it through. Yes. How many oxygen oh, atoms do you have on either side right now? Let me think and then I will talk it through once I've thought it out. All right, I will just commentate then. No, I said I'd play music. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll listen to Viva La Vida by Coldplay until you work it out. That is actually my favourite Coldplay song. <laughs> you are being so spiteful today. I'm not. I'm really trying to help. Yeah, but I am trying to think. Yeah, I'm trying to help you think. You're not helping me think, Well, you're though. just shouting instead of answering the questions that because I'm asking. Because you keep interrupting my thought flow. Every time I get close to the numbers, you interrupt All right, me. do it then. Dredge the swamp. Let's go. <laughs> I'll shut up. Thank you. That's all I've ever I'm going to drink wanted. some water. Yeah, well, that won't be quiet. We've all heard you drinking. So I've got two oxygens on the left side and only one on the right-hand side. So I do need to double the number of the final water. So, would it be 2H2 plus O2 equals 2H2O? Yes. See, I just needed a second. And that's fine, but it is an audio format, so I was trying to help. How are you feeling about that? Do you want me to come up with another one of those for you to do to cement it, or are you good on that? Yeah, all right, give me one more. I think I can do this. Okay. We're going to do... Um, so the gas that comes out of your hob is methane, okay? Yep. The chemical... You need to write this down. Chemical formula for methane is CH4. So it's one carbon just bonded to four hydrogens on each of its little bits, yeah? Okay. When we burn methane, i.e. react it with oxygen... We make CO2 and we make water. Equals CO2 and H2O. Yep. Can you, um, yeah, can you balance that equation, please? Fucking hell. <laughs> so, I've currently got three O's on the right, three Roy Orbisons walk into a bar. And two on the left. So that's going to have to be at least three O2s to make six, because six on each side is the best I can do, really. So let's say that's three O2. Nice. Uh, then I've got four hydrogens on the left and two on the right so that probably wants to be 2H2O to make that four hydrogens at least but hang on because the carbon is about to change too probably how much carbon have I got there? one and one no because the carbon is already bad no yeah alright so, CH4 plus 3O2 equals CO2 plus 2H2O? Uh, not quite. <sighs> Double check how many oxygens you've got on each side. Six. No. 
Wait. One, two, four. Two O two. Yeah. So it's CH four plus two O two equals CO two plus two H two O. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Happy? No, I'm not happy. We're being horrible to each other and I'm hungry. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, we're right. Um. (laughs) All right, thanks, Dad. (laughs) Have you ever tried not being sad? So, relative formula mass is the next thing that we're moving on to, Laura. Relative formula mass. Yeah, it's um, how much fake titty milk you feed your families. In church. You're always missing out the mass gag, Ron. The relative formula mass, we have a symbol for that. It's a capital M with a little R at the bottom. Mister? You can't just say mister is your formula. No, like a little r, like we do the twos in an H2O. Yeah, like that's what I've one. done. It looks mister. Yeah, it looks like that, but it's not that. The r's not actually there, it's in subscript. Mister. It's kind of mister on a slide, so it's like mister. Mister. And it starts loud. Mister. Of a compound is... Mister, never knew how much our sister... (laughs) The relative formula... With sibling synchronicity. The relative formula mass of a compound is the sum of the relative atomic masses of the atoms in the numbers shown in the formula. (laughs) Good one, Ron. Say that whole sentence again. Uh, the relative formula mass is just the sum of all of the relative masses of the atoms in it, basically. So it's okay? just the weight of everything in your thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So, sugar. Do, 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 do. Oh, formula mass. <laughs> um, the formula for sugar is C12H22O11. Whoa, that's a big one. Not even that big, to be honest. Equals sugar. So, can you please work out the relative formula mass of sugar for me, please? Um, 45. You don't just add up the numbers? You do not. (laughs) Wait, is this... Do I need to look at the periodic table? Unless you know their relative <laughs> atomic masses off by heart. I got you. Sorry. I thought, okay. So it's C equals Senor Carbonzo 12.01. H equals 1.008. O is, whoa, oxygen's heavy, man. 16. Now I'm going to need some sort of calculator, but as previously discussed, my phone isn't even in the room. So... Crikey! So, 12... New catchphrase. (laughs) 12.01 multiplied by 12. On the calculator, is a comma the same as a stop? No. Shit. Then I don't think I'm getting this right. <laughs> oh, and then 16 times 11, that's easy. Boo doo boo doo boo boo. Oh, honey, honey. 22. Plus. Oh, it's big, Ron. Uh, sugar is. 342.296. Nice. That is correct. Yes! Um, so that is the relative atomic mass of, um, of sugar. In a balanced chemical equation, the sum of the relative atomic... Uh, sorry, relative formula masses of the reactants 
will equal the relative formula mass of the product. Understand? Yeah, so like where I've made um, CH4 plus O2 equals CO2 plus H2O, the weight will be the same on either side. Exactly, yeah. So um, the next concept that it wants us to know, um, because it can help with working these things out, is to be able to calculate the percentage by mass of a specific thing. So could you please, for sugar, just work out what the percentage of that molecule is oxygen? So, um, so to work out um, a percentage, you need the, the amount that you're looking for over the total times by 100. Right. So weight what of the oxygen, weight of the oxygen divided by weight of the sugar, multiply all of that by 100. So the oxygen was 176 divided by... I had some cucumber earlier and I've burped. 342.296 times 100 equals... No, that can't be right. No, it can be right because the oxygen was heavier. So even though there's fewer oxygen molecules, it's heavy. So it's 51.42% the oxygen is. Sounds about right. Nice. So a reason why that might be a useful thing to know is, um, say, uh, is because we might, there might be some, uh, imagine we were making sugar out of oxygen gas plus some other reactants. If we knew how much oxygen we had, and then we know what percentage of the final product is going to be oxygen, by we can just extrapolate those two things to work out how much we need of the other things or how much we're going to make, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Nice. Okay. That is relative formula mass. That's all we need to know. <laughs> when we start talking about sugar and stuff like this, mm. I don't understand how sugar's delicious now. Why? Well, because it's just made of the same stuff as water and air. And now it's delicious. <laughs> so, like this is This is where science starts to melt my brain. Is it? It's made up of largely the same stuff that I'm breathing and drinking as water, but suddenly it's tasty. Do you remember when we were studying enzymes and we were talking about the lock and key method? Yeah, but I can't remember what that meant now because I was thinking about jokes. So it literally means so in an in an en- enzymes obviously have an active site, and the thing that they react with is the perfect shape for the active site, and it slots in. And then the reaction will happen. Uh, on, um, in a similar way, you have receptors everywhere in your body on the surface of all of your cells doing 100 million different things. And they will, there will be sugar receptors on your tongue or in your cells and things like that. And they will be the, the perfect shape for a sugar molecule. And then the sugar molecule will slot in and trigger something happening even though it's built out of the same things. Because atoms, like especially in um, organic chemistry, and organic chemistry just means chemistry based around the study of carbon. Um, you, like, you can think of it basically just as like Lego bricks to make molecules that then will do things based off the shape and charges of the things in that molecule. So sugar is just a shape. It's, 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 sugar is like a little ring. And some of the oxygens and hydrogens point off of it. And then that little ring will hit a receptor and trigger a response. And then that's why Why do our bodies good. like it then? Is it is it like just a good Is that is that is it getting a good amount of stuff into us? Why that specifically then? Do we like that so much? Can we is that like an optimum number of those things for us to process to get energy from? It's a sugar is a balance between the amount of energy that it has in it and how easily we can get that energy out of it, which is why you get a sugar rush. So um, in a very simplistic way, the amount of energy that we can get out of a food is kind of to do with the number of hydrogens it has on it. Right. So um, as you can see, hydrogenated there are- fats. Exactly, yes. So you can see that there are 22 hydrogens in one molecule of sugar. Yeah. Compare that to protein. In the equivalent monomer for protein, which is an amino acid, 
there might only be, I can't remember the exact figure, but like six or seven hydrogens. So much less energy dense. And then the other thing with sugar is that some of these um, bonds that it has um, on the on the sugar molecule will break quite easily. So we can get the uh, energy out okay, of it really yeah. quickly. Fats, the reason why fats are so energy dense is because those are um, fats um, or lipids. The other words for those are hydrocarbons. So they are just long chains of carbon with hydrogens coming off them. Yeah. Hydrogenated fat will mean that each carbon will have every one of its, uh, will, will have two hydrogens coming off of it. Imagine the chain, they're each making four bonds. The chain goes, two hydrogens coming off of all of them. Um, unsaturated fats, those carbons will sometimes have double bonds to other carbons, so there are fewer hydrogens. It's all just about that. Um, and yeah, so sugar is good for is us. Is that because what unsaturated it... means? The carbon isn't saturated, it's not fully. Yeah. It's not saturated huh. with hydrogens. Ron, this is fascinating. I don't understand how that makes so much more sense to me and is understandable than just doing the sums. Like, something just shuts down in me. But that well, is a more theoretical, like, oh, that relates to me in some way. That's molecular biology. That's why I loved it so much and that's why I studied it because I just find that really cool. Yeah, Ron, that's the greatest thing we've ever talked about on this podcast. Yeah, and then that's why we think sugar tastes good and why we crave it is because we can get that quick energy release. So back when we were living in puddles and um, licking moss off of walls and stuff as hunter-gatherers, when we came across like ripe fruit or honey or something like that, um, we wouldn't be getting these sugars. We like we we you can always get sugars. Starch is made out of sugar, but it's slow release because we have to break it down from starch into these glucose molecules. Yeah. So anywhere we can just get glucose, that is just energy straight in. Yeah. Ron, I loved that. The last thing that it wants you to know in this bit is basically. Um, about how gases can make this um, can make chemical reactions seem a little bit tricksy sometimes. So, do you remember we've spoken before about the concept of a closed system? Yes. Yeah, but closed systems obviously are completely theoretical. It's very, very, very hard, if not impossible, to actually have a closed system. Stuff, energy always gets in and out. Yeah. So gases. Um, if a gas is a reactant or a product, it can quite often make it seem as if mass is not being conserved. So you might have like a block of iron that is rusting. You've not added anything to it, but it is kind of taking in mass from the oxygen in the air around it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's going to seem like it's created mass. And then equally, let's say you burn something, it's going to lose mass via... Um, uh, via gases that it's letting out, like carbon dioxide coming out of it and stuff. Um, so that's just the last thing, is that when you're in a non-closed system, it can, you know, if you were testing these things by weighing them, it can seem like you've lost mass, but actually that's just been dissipated via a gas. Fucking gases. Mm, gas holes. Nice, Ron. There's an episode title. Ron? Laura? At the risk of repeating myself every single episode. <laughs> Fuck me, it's been a long time. What the hell did we do last episode? Well, I'm not going to tell you, Laura. Shit. <clears throat> because that would... Um, well, let's launch straight in. Actually, no. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven marks on offer. Okay. Oh. Question one, let's launch straight in. What did we study last time for two marks? We we studied chemistry um, and its balancing equations. What type of chemistry? What? What type of chemistry? We, we do chemistry every third episode. You can't have yeah. a mark for that. I said balancing equations. Yep, so that's one mark. What type of um, chemistry? Molecular chemistry. No. <laughs> so it was quantitative chemistry and balanced no, chemical reactions. No, I've written down quantitative.
quantitative. What well, you should have said it then. I didn't say quantitative chemistry though. I've just put quantitative equals numbers, qualitative equals descriptions. That's very true. Um, so one mark there for you, Kipping. 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 Um, oh, next question. Ow. When sugar burns perfectly in oxygen, it makes CO2 and H2O. Can you please balance this reaction? The a sugar molecule is six carbons. Wait. Oh, now I've got to make notes on the quiz. Quiz chemistry. Oh, 24. Wait, sugar, six carbons. Yep, six carbons, 12 hydrogens. So C6H12O6. C6H12O6. That's yeah. sugar, is it? Yep, that's sugar. That's glucose. Okay. Um, plus a number of oxygens equals a number of CO2s and a number of hydrogens. Uh, sorry, not hydrogens, uh, waters, H2Os. Can you balance that equation, please? <laughs> Right, so, to get... What are you laughing at before I've even started? Just your misery. You don't build confidence in me. So, I've got... Shut up, Ron. I've got six carbons on one side. So that's got to be six CO2 on the other side. Jesus. Is that right? <laughs> Let's write that down there for a second. 6CO2. So then it's also going to have to be 6H2O to get 12 hydrodons. So then I've got 12 oxygens there and 6 there. I've only got 6 there. So that's got to be 12 O. So, this, there's, there's no way this is right. C6H12O6 plus 12O. But does oxygen travel around? 6O2. Yep. Equals 6CO2 plus 6H2O. Yeah, three marks. Yes! Well done, paper and pen. Well done. I'm going to have a congratulations, slurp of tea. Too hot? No, just I tried to slurp it noisily for it to be a thing and then it's kind of jumped to the back of my airwaves. So I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm just going to mute. Um, I guess while I was doing that, um, I watched five minutes of Shrek the other day, like just the first one, and it really doesn't hold up. Um, the... That's There's that great bit, though. I love that bit where they first get to Lord Farquaad's manor and there's the little... Um, no, just in terms. Let's of, do that again. Obviously, it was like really um, innovative and stuff, and and one of the uh, you know one of the films that sort of pioneered a bit. Just like the animation is really bizarre. Like the 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 faces are just constantly moving, but not necessarily sort of reacting to what's going on around them. It's very odd. Hmm. Anyway, <clears throat> what is the molar mass of sugar? Want to talk us through your working or something? <laughs> it's very... No, right. So, we're recording this on the day that we recorded the intros for episode seventeen. So, quite a few weeks ago for the for the lab rats. Um, however, in that we were talking about how I start reading something, instantly get distracted, and fail to read the whole thing. So, I was just trying to read my whole page of notes there, so that in case that word came up because it doesn't ring a single bell. <laughs> okay. Molar mass. Molar I know a molar mass. is a tooth. Also molecular. Molar. Molecular. Molar mass. Uh, that could be a thing. Um, weight. Relative atomic mass. Is that the same thing? Similar. 
By similar, do you mean yes, but you don't want to say yes? No. Because I'm not asking for the weight of an atom, am I? I don't know. I'm asking for the weight of sugar. There's no such thing as a sugar atom. Weight. C12H22O11 equals sugar. That's what I've got written down here. Yeah. But then over there I've got C6H12O6. Wait, what was the first thing you said? C12H22O11. Oh. Uh, don't think that's right. Bollocks. That's what we did in the lesson. <laughs> So this is that thing where you add it all up and it becomes a thing. But I have no idea. I've definitely got a whole sum written down and I remember doing that. But <laughs> how on earth we got there? How did I know those numbers, I suppose? <laughs> like I've got... <laughs> 144.12 plus 22.176 plus 176. I've got that written down. It's just like watching someone on a documentary about the Aztecs. They're just, they've got it all written down. We're just not quite sure what it means. <laughs> yeah. It was the Aztecs. It was the, it was the Incas that had a, a number system that was like tying knots in string and a think we still don't really know how it works. I bet it would make loads of sense to me. <laughs> I don't know, Ron. I don't know what you want. I want the molar mass of sugar. Yes, I don't know. It decays your molars, so increasingly smaller. Decreasing, I suppose. How much does a carbon atom weigh? I don't know. Wait, is that on the periodic table? Fuck, yeah. <laughs> Wait. It's only the thing that we've talked about the most that you That's bought a where note. That's I got back. the numbers <laughs> yeah. from. 12.01. Bloody hell, Harry. So, wait, okay. So, what, what, what's the question? Molar mass of sugar. Mm. So, it would be 6 times 12.01. 12... Times 1.008 and 6 times 16. Bear with me. Calculator. I really breathe through my mouth when I'm thinking. Oh, no, I've got overexcited. 6 times 12.01. Add 180... Point one five six. Bong bong bong. Yes. Yes. I'm so smart this week. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Okay, and then final uh, question is: What um, percentage of sugar is carbon? Okay. So the carbon. Weighed six times twelve point zero one, which was seventy two point six. Then, oh, how do you do percentages? So one hundred and eighty point one five six divided by a hundred is one percent times seventy two point oh six. Nope. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not right. Hang on. Okay, so. Wait. Yeah, so 1.80 is 1% of 180. So then... Oh my God, why can't I do basic maths? Maybe that divided by that? 40%? Correct! Yes! Bloody hell, Harry. Six out of seven. What did I lose one for? You couldn't remember that we did quantitative chemistry. Oh, come on. Disgusting behaviour. Well, all right. Okay, I'm pleased with that. Yeah, not bad. Given it's been six months since we last recorded, I think I held on to quite a good amount of information there. Yeah. 
I think you applied um, applied your knowledge very well. It wasn't even just regurgitating stuff. I threw you in on a different situation. I think that was a genuine improvement, and you can walk away from this really proud of yourself. Thank you. Well, we'd made up by the end, Ron. But yeah, nice boys and girls by the end. I think that that stuff about like why we like sugar and all that key stuff, that that's my favourite thing we've done so far, I think. Yeah, molecular biology. I keep saying it. It's the best bit. It's wicked. Um, we had some sneeze chat on the socials this week. People saying that sneezers don't smell of anything. All right, creeps. Keep your weird opinions to yourselves. Yeah, check your privilege, please. <laughs> Some of us have got stinky cavities and it smells when it all comes out. Um, we're going to put a little video of Will singing the Bangelolo song on our socials. So have a look out for that. And if you like the sound of Will, um, give the National Treasures podcast a listen, which is my other podcast that I do. There's no Ron and no science in it. Don't eat the biscuits now. God, what's wrong with him, Mackie? Why is nothing about our podcast professional? going to promote other podcasts i'm going to eat a biscuit <laughs> anyway listen we love you very much oh we'll see you next week for fucking physics we hate physics don't we baby dog <laughs> mm, it's a sticky biscuit <laughs> um that was maggie licking that wasn't my mouth noises <laughs> class dismissed <laughs> It's even more chaotic than usual. <laughs>